Hi, and thanks for tuning in. You are listening to an Inclusive Features audio report. Brought to you direct from our citizen reporter in Kenya. One of my live streams has been to tell stories of and about people with disabilities. Being a person with a disability myself, I understand the importance of educating and informing societies about disability. My name is Alan Hubbard. I am the Inclusive Features citizen reporter in Kenya. In this my first report, I speak to Eric Ngondi about his experiences as a person with a disability, particularly in the areas of job hunting and employment. His involvement in the Inclusive Features initiative, which includes training private companies to become more disability confident. Who is uh, Eric Ngondi? Eric Ngondi is a, an environmentalist. Well, I work in an environment area with the National Environment Management Authority. I'm a social inclusion facilitator and a board member of uh, United Disabled Persons of Kenya, UDPK. And uh, I just love championing issues of persons with disability. How did you lose your sight? Well, uh, in uh, 2009, I was uh, hiking with some friends. I'm passionate also about issues of adventure. So I was hiking with some friends and we were attacked by thugs. And uh, in the process, they attacked me on my left eye and uh, it was cut. And uh, that one disappeared. The doctors could not fix it. And uh, two years down the line, I was attacked again by robbers, and this time was uh, along the highway. At night, we were driving, and uh, in this, this incident, they they hit me in the right eye, and that one also went. Could you talk to me about how did you learn to live without your sight? It was uh, quite uh, uh, what can I say uh, an adventure from the word go. I didn't know how it's going to, to be. Uh, I keep on saying it was a second season. I don't know how many seasons <laughs> I have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <clears throat> I initially had lived for 25 years with the site. Now moving forward without site was, uh, uh, to me, it was quite challenging. Um, however, I thank God that I was someone was able to direct me to the Kenya Society for the Blind, where I did... Uh, uh, mobility, orientation, uh, and uh, adaptive computers, and that put me back on track. And of course, I got to meet many of uh, my fellow uh, visually impaired friends. Why are you very optimistic about it? Because uh, not many would make jokes about it. There is that first season you talk about, and then the second uh, season. You know, uh, for me, I take uh, life life as journey. Uh, it's something that you have you have to go through as as long as you're on this planet or earth or in taking on life you have it's a journey you have to take it on and if you don't take it on then of course you'll be miserable you have a, a not so adventurous life you know stressed and all that and for me the better option is uh, to live and live fully and fully optimistic. Yes. Can you describe to me any situation where you found uh, yourself being discriminated or dis- uh, or stigmatized because of uh, your disability? Uh, I tend to have a thick skin in some of these things, but uh, several times I've uh, experienced some subtle discrimination or even stigma. So, for example, as I started uh, going to to look for jobs, yeah. 
and sometimes I'll, I'll show up an, in an environment in a, an, a, at an interview and you'll find this employer was really not ready for me. For example, taking aptitude tests and, and all that. Uh, so the, the, the other experience I had was, uh, you know, even uh, eventually when I got uh, jobs in different parts, eh, it took several years to get these uh, assistive uh, devices, yeah? To make the employers yeah. adapt to yeah, you. exactly. So it, it, it sort of, uh, once I got in the environment, I sort of had to train and, you know, just um, keep on uh, pushing the buttons to, to, to ensure that eventually I got those the assistive devices and all that. Uh, there was a, an, a, especially going for interviews was uh, one of those areas that I felt was some element of uh, stigmatization. You are a board member of the Disabled Persons mm. of uh, Kenya organization. Mm. What does your role entail at the organization? Okay, so um, I'm a board member at the United Disabled Persons of Kenya, UDPK. Uh, I represent the youth. The UDPK is the is the umbrella body for disability persons organizations, and you you know the disability persons organizations are the vehicles that carry persons with disability. They are owned and run and uh, performed by persons with disabilities, or at least majority of the people in those organizations are persons with disabilities. And uh, what area do I represent them in? All all area, all area, be social, be um, be work, work environment and all that accessibility, basically championing and making sure that we are represented at work, the element of, uh, you know, employing persons with disability. In business, there is an element of supporting and championing uh, small and medium enterprises owned by uh, youth with disabilities. And of course, just uh, ensuring that youth with disability in this country cut across in all sector. Uh, what are some of the experiences persons with disabilities have shared with you in uh, regards to COVID-19? Um, now, the, the pandemic has been terrible to all of us globally. However, the the youth with disabilities have been tremendously impacted from the aspect of education whereby I'll mention that, you know, some of, some of the safe areas that uh, persons with disabilities are, are in schools. However, the pandemic has made us be at home and some, and in some of our homes are not quite as supportive as the school environment. So for example, uh, the schools which uh, some of the schools provide breakfast, lunch, dinner for persons with disability. They have the care and caregivers at the site. But now when you come at home, the parents have to, of course, look for livelihood, even in the space of the pandemic. And therefore, the youth with disabilities or, or persons with disabilities at home are impacted. So what's the other, the other thing? Of course, is a, uh, even uh, resources. Um, like simple basic needs like even housing, shelter, food, all that has been impacted because most of them, uh, you understand, they live in areas that are quite marginalized and the poverty is one of our twin brothers as persons <laughs> with disability, yeah. you know. Mm. What is your role in the Inclusive uh, Futures uh, Initiative? 
um, I first interacted with them, I think, uh, about uh, one or one and a half year ago, when at least I was in a workshop and they were launching some of this thing. Uh, and later I've come to interact with them more on the issues of uh, faster training, whereby they've trained us as persons with disabilities or DPUs on accessibility auditing. So I happened to be one of the person who was trained in that line and we did actually go to a real life situation and did accessibility for a farm. And this was the EABL. So this is a, a game changer to both the DPUs and also to the employers. Now that was one engagement I, I was in and uh, profoundly changed my view. And of course, I think the employers are also experiencing the same. I've also been uh, trained in the issues of uh, uh, just just basically delivering some of uh, some of the, the trainings that Inclusion Works is doing. For example, we are able to do unconscious bias. We were able to do disability etiquette training and also delivering this to some of the the, the biggest organizations in, in this country. And to me, uh, I think it's a game changer to these employers and also the persons with disabilities. Since you are engaging employers uh, under the Inclusive uh, Futures Initiative, which are some of uh, the views that employers have towards uh, job seekers with disabilities? Yeah, they, their perspective has been uh, quite uh, uh, changed. Uh, remember the other day, uh, one of the employer told us, you know, you guys, if we knew this earlier, then we could have uh, made some uh, changes long time ago, including hiring persons with disability, changing the environment, and having persons with disability. Because the, what we articulate is that, you know, having persons with disability in employment is not a liability. It's a requirement, legally, yes, but it's not a liability. Because some of the things they've been fearing will be like, you know, uh, how how do we interact with this person? What sort of mission or oh, accommodations, reasonable accommodations, do we put in place for this person? You, you know, will they be able to deliver just like uh, any other person? You know, or is, is this something we are just doing, favoring them, and therefore uh, the other the other colleagues may not uh, take them as equal colleagues or team players in the environment? Are the employers themselves willing to build the spaces to include the persons with disabilities? Progressively, they are sort of accepting. However, some of them are really doing extremely well. So, for example, we see Safaricom having now attained about 2.4% of persons with disability in their work environment and with a target of about 5% by 2025. I remember my namesake, Nick, also at uh, EABL, mentioned them having a target of at least uh, 3%. And therefore, I see uh, some organizations have really taken this on and even put strategies in place. What are some of uh, the genuine concerns and, uh, and challenges that they are facing as uh, they make this paradigm shift? Interestingly, the employers, they'll tend to have some interesting uh, and curious statements about, uh, you know, persons with disability. So we want to hire them. We are really willing, but we don't know where they are. We don't know where we can find <laughs> them. Eh? Where are they? 
and then the other thing is uh, you know we need people in this sort of uh, capacities can we really find a person with such capacity so for example we want people in uh, in software engineering we want people in uh, you know basically in stem areas can we really find persons with disability in this area you know that's sort of a thing they are mentioning well they may feel that these uh, persons are not there but they are there and of course there is a the concern of uh, you know reasonable accommodation now if we bring these people really how much is it going to cost me to change yeah to, to change this place for them and we tell them sometimes you really don't even need to change and for example you see what covid has done yeah. it's telling us that you can actually work from home and if you can work from home these pers- persons with disability some of them are comfortable in their home in their, their home spaces and they are able to deliver 100% from their environment yeah that's a, like a, a paradigm shift now uh, every year on 3rd december the world over celebrates the international day of persons with uh, disabilities and i would like us to look back at uh, last year's theme uh, this was uh, promoting the participation of uh, persons with disabilities and their leadership taking action on uh, the 2030 global development goals can you say that disability organizations have had the opportunity and reasons to participate and enough resources to participate in these crucial activities Oh, the resources, of course, I'll say no. <laughs> the resources are, ne- are never there, are not enough for disability persons organizations. However, regarding that uh, theme, I can say uh, several things. One is that uh, the, there is something uh, thematic we, uh, we go by, that uh, nothing for us without, without us. us. And uh, the the reason why uh, we we quite loved that particular theme for last year was because even in the spaces where persons with disability have been employed and you know there are not many because uh, statistically saying in this country the rate of hiring a person with disability is 1% compared to 73% to the general public and therefore those who are hired in private and public spaces are not many and what has been happening in the in the long time is that uh, there've been opportunities where persons with disabilities have been able to be employed at the entry level or mid cadre but they've not now been participating in the events and even events that involve them their own events for example the international day for persons with disability they've not been performing there and uh, this particular day was to highlight that you need to be at the forefront to to celebrate your own achievement in these spaces however for disability persons organizations we continue championing and uh, hoping and working and lobbying and creating awareness and building capacity as much as uh, with the little resource that we have or we get um to ensure that uh, persons with disability Uh, especially in the employment sector they are there and this is i think for me the inclusion work is uh, is a game changer 
now shifting uh, attention to this year's uh, disability day theme which says that uh, building back better towards a disability inclusive accessible and sustainable post covid 19 world in your view how is inclusive futures as an initiative aligned in this theme to me inclusive future initiative and uh, the inclusion work program is uh, at a critical point. I think this program for me has bridged the gap between uh, uh, persons with disabilities and employers. So what has been the challenge? The persons with disabilities with, with their DPO and their umbrella bodies such as UDPK, we keep on shouting that, you know, the employers are not giving us a chance and not giving us an opportunity. Um, and on the other hand, the employer keeps on saying, we can't find these people. We don't know where they are. We don't know their numbers and we don't know if they have the skills. So what has the program done, uh, in my own opinion, is bridge the gap. The employer on this side has tools and uh, on the persons with disability on this side is gaining some skills uh, through training, through awareness, through lobbying. For example, the, uh, just the other day, the Inclusion Works launched uh, the Disability Confidence Toolkit. And this, for me, is a, a manual or a guide that all organizations should have and read and implement, and thereby not fearing to have persons with disabilities. What would be your closing remarks to the employers who are working to be inclusive in their working spaces? To me, I'll say kudos. Kudos because uh, you are trail, trailblazers. You are leading, you know, you are saying, you are demystifying this and saying that persons with disability are humanly just like any other person. And therefore, you're doing something which has been considered for a long time as if it's a, a, it cannot be done. What are your last words of encouragement and uh, motivations to persons with disabilities out there? My hugest encouragement is show up, uh, get out there. Uh, you hit barriers. Uh, that, to me, is expected. Uh, however, not only meeting the barriers, but have the tools to meet the barriers. So, for example, uh, uh, take advantage of uh, opportunities that are there, be the training that such an inclusion works may be providing, or uh, the whole program, or the whole uh, inclusive, inclusive features feature initiative. initiative is providing. Take advantage of such kind of things. In your own view, don't you think that uh, the inclusion works dreams are very ambitious? No, dreams are important. <laughs> dreams, it's good to dream. And uh, importantly, it's great to dream big. And for me, inclusion works. Dream is uh, is great. As a person who champions issues of persons with disability, I think for me, uh, the, the inclusion works is doing something that, it, that has a greater impact in long term than even being seen now. You know? So... Thus far, the dream is uh, attainable. The dream is valid <laughs> and very attainable. If you'd like to hear more from our citizen reporters, why not visit www.inclusivefeatures.org? <laughs>